BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And you're listening to Subdoc, a show where we talk to our interesting friends from the world of comedy, writing, TV, and film about their favorite documentaries. On this episode of Subdoc, we talk with comedian actor Baron Vaughn, who can be seen on the hit Netflix shows Grace and Frankie and the new Mystery Science Theater 3000. Baron also created the documentary Fatherless, which centers around Baron finding the father he never knew. Fatherless is now streaming on Amazon. And now, here's our talk with Baron Vaughn. If you hear air conditioning, uh, we needed it. It was requirement of this podcast. I wore jeans yesterday. That was stupid. It was so fucking. You hot. lived here for like a year. I so just I forgot, know, like, dude. I in forgot. In Glendale, where it's yeah, hotter. it's the worst. Yeah, I yeah. forget, man. But we're nice and cool with the very nice and, and cool. cool Baron Vaughn. Well, that's a hell of a transition. <laughs> yeah, I like that you said that. And George was like, "All right, we're like, following each other." Yeah, we just, just yeah. we just yes and the shit. Morning show. We've become a morning yeah. show. Okay, understood. About documentaries. Insert Perfect. toilet sound. Right here. That's the Thank rats you, Baron. Movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to be here. Glad, you know, it's a long time coming getting on this podcast. Yeah, so. it's just because we did ask you to do a ten part. <laughs> yeah, series, like, and you're like, oh, that's hey, let's. Uh, can we meet tomorrow when yeah. we're going to talk about making a murderer? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, let me. What? what? Ten hours. <laughs> uh huh. I gotta sleep. <laughs> and luck. Um, when, well, we're going to talk about your documentary, Yay. which is one hour. So, with commercials, but that's without. Commercials. With no commercial, depending on how you watch it. Depending on how you watch it. And it's it. called yes. Fatherless. We should actually say this. Yeah, it's just, well, just, yeah, we'll talk about how you got into doing this, uh, making this documentary. Um, well, that's a, not the best transition <laughs> to get there. Let's just kind of like shoot the shit. <laughs> okay, perfect. If you um, were to cast Fatherless. Yes. <laughs> well, I know, who I, I know who wouldn't be in it. Um, <laughs> Watch out. Um, <laughs> nice. Well, nice. yeah, Fatherless, I made it for the um, Fusion Network. Mm -hmm. So Fusion is a channel um, that not a lot of people have. If you have DirecTV, you have Fusion. They, I don't think Time Warner carries them. Um, I, I'm uncertain about Verizon Fios. <laughs> right, right, no, right. I don't know about ATTU versus. We've got a lot of leverage. We could probably get that. Cox, Xfinity, <laughs> whoever, wherever, wherever you are with your cables. I like how in depth you're going with this because it reminds me of, like that Todd Berry bit about like someone asking him, "Hey, is there parking at the show? Is there parking <laughs> at the venue? <laughs> like, oh yeah, does Mick Jagger Go get emails directly, yeah. about like, well, hey, is Mick. there anywhere to eat right by the venue? We're headed to the we're headed to the concert." <laughs> Except we're coming straight from work, not going to have a chance to eat. Can you suggest Can you recommend, a hot dog stand? Right, yeah. Yeah. It's very close to doing a Dennis but they Miller want, impression. As a comedian, <laughs> you, you have to, people will be like, why don't you remind me about your show? And you're yes. like, is that my job too now, is to send out reminders? Yeah. But it's like, you, oh yeah, if it's, you don't directly text everyone yeah. in the world. Directly texting is the only thing that tends to work for me. Um, the 
the thing that happens a lot these days is like I'll go on the road and I'll do a show in a city and then I leave the city and then somewhere within two days after leaving the city I get a tweet from like, someone it's like when are you going to come to Cleveland right. like I literally yeah. just left Cle- next year now right. a year away <laughs> yeah. you had to wait to the next season you, I was just there um, anyway back to followers yeah. Yeah. We, got, we got on this tangent from cable um, yeah so I made it for Fusion Network so it aired there, but now if you have Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. it is airing on Amazon Prime. So that's the most streamable uh, possibility for yeah. you. If Everybody you check gets it out. Amazon yeah. Prime. I mean, I have a Amazon. lot of people do. Yeah, and um, I also wanted to say you you they just announced that you are going to have a new show. Uh, um, yeah, what show are you talking new about? Negroes. <laughs> new Negroes. That's yeah, right, George. It's your UCB Wait, show. what show? Yeah. Um, it's a show I've been doing for a couple of years. So, uh, I mean, in Portland, I did it in the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. I've been doing it in L.A. for two years. So, yeah, we're going to do a, a Comedy Central season of television. Nice. Essentially, it's a showcase show. I, my nickname is Deaf Alternative Comedy Jam. Because nice. uh, it's, it's an all-black comedy showcase, but for comedians that have don't easily fit into whatever the category of black comedy is. Right. So it's, it's our attempt to just expand it and say, let's make a room for more people, you know, mm-hmm. and under this umbrella or whatever. Yeah. Congratulations Why, on thank that. you so yeah, appreciate thank you. That. Awesome. Thank you so much. But uh, you, you said it like there's also a bunch of shows I forgot to mention that you're also doing. No, no, no. I, uh, I didn't know you were going to say a show. I didn't know which, which well, announcements I, were going to happen. I, that was a live, that's been a live show at UCB. Yes. And then you got well, a, a, a series out of it. That's right. That's oh, that's right. so cool. Yeah. And what is that going to be on? No idea. We're going to film it in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know. Uh, live? Yeah, yeah. At you know, UCB still? No, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do it at some venue that has yet to be determined. So oh. we're still mm-hmm. in the beginning of pre production. We're still in pre pre production. It's in Burbank. That's <laughs> not <laughs> most likely <laughs> not gonna be in Burbank. Growing up I used to I loved it when they filmed in front of a live mm-hmm. studio. Beautiful downtown Burbank. In, in, I'm yeah. Gary Owen. Yeah. And this is laughing. I used to think Burbank was the coolest city in the world. Well, it's a up. great sounding name it too. Is. Yeah. It's like Burbank. It's like, oh man, it sounds like there's gonna be like Plumbers, <laughs> plumbers going down like two like pipes you're talking about Mario Brothers other, no 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 I'm not talking about Mario Brothers I'm talking about Burbank okay. there's gonna be bricks yeah. above your head and you hit them yeah. and yeah. mushrooms come out Burbank Burbank yeah. that's yeah. what I thought Burbank airport, yeah. I'm always, yeah I used to always love that name just envisioning because that's where the Tonight Show was filmed mm-hmm. yeah and I was like god that must be the coolest not fucking anymore. place then I went to Burbank and I was like mm. this is a horrible place yeah but uh, who I else grew up in airports. Burbank? What's his name? Um, Tim Burton. Was that Burbank oh, or Glendale? He? Oh, Glendale. Might have been Glendale. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a Tim Burton retrospective at the LACMA. Yeah, I didn't go to that, but I Dude, it's pretty cool, because oh. they also had like his um, sketches from high school yeah. like in his little notebooks, and I think they said Glendale High or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. and just kind of seeing his eye evolve yeah. over all those years, like what he was drawn to and, and who he became. It would really be funny to see him like as a 60-year-old dressed the same as the 60-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, Tim I Burton. I don't doubt that that yeah, was the case. right? Briefcase, yeah. fedora, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <probably>. definitely. In <laughs> yeah. The, definitely in the 70s. That's That was his jam. <laughs> I would imagine so. Nice. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. You, you're, looking, you're looking at my notes. You guys like, got notes. I'm going back to the, no, Let's the title talk about of the show. Yeah, talk about, about your show. So... Well, did you approach them? How did how did this idea sort of like come together? Well, yeah. Uh, so Fusion, um, I think that Univision owns them. You know, um, so it's like the English speaking channel for Univision. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a meeting with them at the Univision building. That's why I say that. And 
you know, they're a fledgling network, so they were taking meetings with various creatives and talking <clears throat> about things that they were doing. And they said that something that they were doing is that they were making comedy documentaries. They said they basically oh. they put it in the sense of like they said it's like thirty for thirties, but oh, comedy okay. mm-hmm. with some sort of social message behind it. Oh, cool! So I know that Phoebe Robinson was working on a thing for a while. Um, I don't know if that ended up happening or not. Chris Cubis made a thing, the the comic right. from Austin, Texas, yeah. called Chris Gets Money. Yeah, I think I heard he this. made for Fusion. Yeah. Um, so I, they were like, so if you ever have an idea that's something like that, let us know. And I said, yeah, I got an idea. Where's my dad? <laughs> I literally said that. And they're like, do you want to make a documentary? You're like, no, I'm here. Where's to, my dad? To find my Is fucking he here? dad. Is yeah. he on the third floor? <laughs> Where is heck? But um, yeah, so, and there, so we kind of started to unpack that idea. And I said that, you know, it, it is just as a person who has been working on myself, you know, self-care, yeah. like keeps talking about going to therapy and being in a relationship, which is a form of therapy. Yes. Because you get yes. into a good relationship. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because it, True. if you're in a relationship with someone that you actually want to be with and you actually love and you actually want it to work out, <laughs> yeah. then you kind of have to face a it's lot true. of your demons, your, demons, mm-hmm. your shit that you don't yeah. know is in there. That you might have left over from, you know, your mom when yeah. you were a kid or <laughs> yeah. whatever. So it's like just trying not to put that on her, you know, working through that, going to therapy. It, it, me kind of accepting in a bigger way that me not having a dad in my life actually did, it actually mm-hmm. did mean something. Right. So it's always, I've always kind of thought about it like, I don't, I used to actually have a joke about it. I don't miss what I never had, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't have any feelings about it. But that in itself is a feeling. Mm-hmm. The feeling of absence, the feeling of a void. And I was kind of thinking about that a lot more and thinking about my own masculinity mm-hmm. and how it's, it's, I've always had a kind of confused masculinity because I never had a model. You know, there was never mm-hmm. a man in my home telling me what a man could be. So, of course, I went to television. You know, I went to movies. Mm-hmm. I went to, to comedy, basically. Mm-hmm. I looked up to these black men on TV that I thought were like me, that were funny, and I wanted to be like them. So they all became my father like figures. Like, like Will Smith. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> only Will Smith. Um, well, I mean, Will he Smith. He was America's teenager yeah, for so long. Yeah, he was, a teen, he was more of a teen, but yeah. like someone like Martin, yeah. you oh, know. Right, right, right. Um, Cosby, you know, before he, well, yeah. not before. Before it was known. I mean, now we know that this was going on for a long time and it hurts our hearts because he was America's father. Yeah, he really was. But you got Cosby. You got Mm -hmm. Pryor. You got all the Wayneses. You got Mm -hmm. Martin. You got all these, you know, even, you know, um, Steve Harvey, you know, Mark Curry. There are all these these men Mm -hmm. on TV being funny. Sinbad. Robert Townsend was actually a big influence on me. Robert Townsend was great. Um, So it's like I was looking up to them on how to be. And and then, you know, as myself and as a person who's in a relationship with someone who, you know, I was thinking about like even the idea of having kids was coming up for Mm -hmm. me. And and us were talking about it. And and then... um, I was like, well, what does that even mean? Like, I, why am I afraid to have kids? It's because I never was a father's child. Right. I was never a son to a man. So how can I be something that I never even had a model for? How, like, how are your, how is, how are your commitments? What do you mean? Like, were you able to commit in prior relationships well, or did you have problems with commitment? Here and there, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it's one of those things where it's hard to tell for sure what mm. it is because it's so ingrained and embedded in your personality and how you act. That you don't even know it's something to even examine, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I didn't see myself as a commitment phobe in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had a problem with commitment. I think I had a problem with intimacy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. being saying to someone, "We're in a relationship. We're 
we're boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, I didn't have a problem with that. But it's when someone gets close mm-hmm. and when someone is seeing you every day right. and you can't keep up your charade, <laughs> yeah. you know, of your like, oh, dance. you're going to know what it's like after I come out of the bathroom. Um, <laughs> hmm. Okay. Ooh, you see how I don't wash dishes for three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Like all that kind of little stuff that seems like it's not important, but it's like the cracks begin to show. Yeah. and. And for some people, they're fine. Like, oh, this is intimacy. You're going to see who I really am. And then for me, I was like, oh, I can't keep up, I can't keep up the, the, the performance. So it like, mm-hmm. made me scared and made me push people away. How long have you been doing therapy, though? A um, couple years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, was, it was a long time before I even realized that therapy was something I even wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know? and, uh, and I talk about this a little bit like on stage. You know, I had racial baggage around me therapy. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not, kind of yeah. like... What, what does that mean? There's like, there's like sort of, oh, like for me, it's like a secretive type of family. Asians don't really like talk about oh. mental health stuff as much because there's like a lot of shame built up around oh. it. I don't know if it's a similar yeah. shame or more just there is. Work it I think out. there is a shame yeah. in the black community that mm-hmm. that's a similar thing that we don't talk about that. We mm-hmm. don't, you know, we you go prey on it, especially yeah, when you got churchy people, you mm-hmm. know. And then my family kind of did come out of the church, Southern Baptist. So it was like, you don't speak about these things. You, you pray on it. Mm-hmm. You keep it to yourself. Like, people didn't even really say I love you, you right. know, to each other. Like, right. my mom's family, yeah. that is, grandparents, great-grandparents. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and then also, like, there's this, there, for the black people at least, you know, at least where I was growing up, there's this, um, again, masculinity kind of stuff. Where it's like this idea of being tough and this idea of being hard and that you never express your feelings you never have never feelings. have vulnerability you never have vulnerability mm-hmm. vulnerability is not for us you're vulnerable you get caught you know in the you get caught up you get a bullet you get beat up you get whatever mm-hmm. so that wasn't something that was um seen as valuable to be able to express one's feelings even though i was raised by two women and i'm watching tv and i'm watching comedians like richard pryor who's one of my favorites of all time who is nothing but vulnerability. Right. He is nothing but letting you in. He is nothing but admitting his flaws and celebrating his flaws and talking about what a messed up individual he is and constantly pinpointing the flaws in white people, the flaws in black people, right? So I saw that my racial baggage that I didn't even know I had was, it was a kind of a white black thing where I was like, I've had white friends that were in therapy for a really long time, and I was like, oh, that thing white people do? I didn't even know that was something <laughs> yeah. that was for me, right? Yeah, like, it's whining, right? It's like white people whining, which they're great at. Yeah. That's what I, you know, yeah. And that's, and, good and, and maybe it's because, maybe it's because white people are going to therapy too early. Mm. Sometimes. I, that's a weird thing to say, but it's like, I knew teenagers, white teenagers yeah. that were in therapy, and if that's always a part of how you're talking about yourself... It never gives you a sense to find out who you are, I guess, in some sort of way. Hmm. It, therapy is a child is hard. I, I still mm-hmm. don't know exactly how I feel about it. I think there's, I guess for me, if I would have come to it younger, I wouldn't have appreciated it. Okay. Is so what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So let me, let, me not, let me not make a blanket statement for all white people. Let mm-hmm. me just say that like, I wouldn't have responded to it at a younger age. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it tells your family wouldn't have like suggested it. They probably wouldn't have supported it in any sort of way. When you're a kid too, like basically everything ends with compared to what? Like 
you know, if they're, you know, like, what do you have to compare and contrast your problems and your mm -hmm. accomplishments with? Well, you're still in it. Yeah, you're still in it. Still like, in survival mode. Yeah, I can see starting at 30 where you're like, okay, I, I understand the problems I, I created and got myself into and, and that's, by patterns. And that's basically when I started. I was already in my 30s. And so I had a sense of my patterns. Right. I had a sense of, I just felt something was wrong and I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't articulate it. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, there's, there is this gap between mm -hmm. what I say I want and what I say I believe yeah. and then what I actually do. And I don't know what to do with that information. Right. And, and when you sign your application card to be a comedian, there's a box. Isn't there like a therapy box? There's a box that says, are you messed up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you make it funny? And you have, yeah. to, check, you have to check that. Right. Yeah. Do you have intimacy issues? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's an other. a crowd. The other yeah. thing is, you, that's when everyone. Are you going to, do you need to get love in um, one-sided one -sided interactions <laughs> yeah. where only you're talking and a group of people is laughing? Is right. that the only way that you can accept uh, in yeah. love? Is that the only intimacy you understand? Yeah. yeah. That's on the application. I was born in 1980. I was constantly hearing about all the horrible things happening to black families. On today's news, the vanishing black family. Especially kids raised by single mothers. As reported in the seminal study of the black family, the Moynihan Report, Negro children without fathers flounder and fail. Are they talking about me? I think they're talking about me. Fatherless children are two times more likely to use drugs and alcohol, more likely to go to prison, drop out of high school, and be obese. They best not be talking about me. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, this is, this is a great doc. I mean, you suggested some others, which yeah. were other great docs that you suggested. And then at the end, you're like, maybe we could talk about fatherless. And I, I have Amazon Prime, and I watched the first 10 minutes. And I was like, fuck, this is a great documentary. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate That's it. That's why I was like, let's talk about this. Yeah, oh, this appreciate is it. Awesome. Like, always, like, you're, you're the subject and like reason it's happening and everything. You did work with the director we were talking about a little bit before. I did. Um, an accomplished documentary film director named Don Porter, who actually lives in the Bay Area, lives up in San Francisco. And she, um, she's made a couple different docs. Uh, one was called Trapped, which is about the war against reproductive rights. One was called Gideon's Army, which is about public oh, defenders yeah. in the South. I've so she's like, I need to tell some jokes. Yeah. So, that, so when we got together, it was a... It was a, it was a departure for her Good, yeah. because she never really trafficked in comedy, and and that was fine for me because look when we agreed to do this with Fusion we had um, we got a producer on board, um, Big Beach was the name of the production company 
And I worked specifically with two people named um, Dan Pasternak and Aaron Keating, and I, who I've known for years and years and years and years and years. Is Dan a comic? He has done stand-up, yeah, yes. Yeah, I know yeah. that name. He's a guy that's kind of like, the name, he yeah. did stand-up and then he became more of a producer and a network exec. When he became an exec, he stopped doing stand-up because he's like, that's a total conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, um, and then like because of some unfortunate, unforeseen circumstances, they ended up having to leave the project. And then I had different uh, producers, a woman named Danny Melia, who's great as well. So, but when I was with working with Aaron, Aaron was the reason we got Don Porter on board. Um, you know, because she found a couple directors that I talked to. Don was the one who was the most versed in documentary filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Some people, these other directors were directors, they were comedy directors, but Don had made multiple docs. And I was like, you know what? It's probably better to go someone that knows how to make a documentary. Uh oh, can you hear that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can, but you know. That's fine. I live next to a fire, fire station <laughs> yeah. and Children's Hospital, <laughs> yeah. which has an operational helipad. Oh, yeah. Oh. So it's just call a duty all day. <laughs> every day. It is college. Just, just don't just camp. Chopter, choppers and sirens. <laughs> Do not camp in the corner. Every corners. now and then you hear like someone dropping trash going, I don't care anymore. And then walking down the street. Yeah. Just crazy people. Um, so, yeah, so. Dawn, seeing as she knows how to make a doc, I was like, the comedy's going to come. I'm the mm -hmm. comedy. I'm funny. Dawn will know how to structure the story. Then we got this animator on board. Oh, yeah, board. the animation's great. Yeah, because yeah. I wanted there to be animation, and I wanted it to look like cartoons I watched when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. I talked to this guy, Ben Jones. Oh, who, yeah, Ben Jones from, uh, yeah, Paper Rat. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. So Ben Jones, who's great. I didn't realize that was um, okay. He And he worked with another art in, uh, artist named Henry Bonzu. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of created the look and the feel because I was mm -hmm. talking about um, Hanna-Barbera cartoons <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. and talking about Fat Albert and the Cosby yeah. Kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like that kind of that look. And so they kind of captured that look yeah. and the style and the feel of it. I thought it made it, it, it kind of brought some It had a little Schoolhouse Rock to it. Schoolhouse Rock was another I, reference. Yeah. That I, I love had. those yeah. Paper Rad videos, by the way. If you've seen the I actually have never seen them. I just know that I'll, he's done I'll send that. you some links. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Paper Rad stuff's great. Yeah, so. he was great to work with. And mm -hmm. he just kind of, you know, he, he got it from, mm -hmm. like the, from, the, from the start. And uh, so, yeah, putting it together was kind of crazy. And, you know, luckily, Dawn being uh, an accomplished director, she kind of structured it more than I did because mm -hmm. I was I just needed to be present that's all I was concerned about yeah. was like yeah. I do not know how I'm gonna feel I yeah. do not know what's gonna happen I just need to breathe now did you have right. to do like the thing that you do with the a, a fiction script where like here's some three by five cards of what could possibly happen well we because it could go a couple of ways we did have a <laughs> we did have a couple of contingency plans mm -hmm. because there were there were key things that we just did not know mm -hmm. for instance where was he yeah is he live? Mm -hmm. Is he going to even want to be in this thing? Sign a release form. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a bunch of different things where it's like, all right, so if we go this direction, then we, we had a kind of a bunch of different, like, I guess, you know, like jump off point springboards that could go different ways. Mm -hmm. But then as it started to uncover and that he was not only available, but was interested in doing this, yeah. wanted to talk. Did that surprise you? All that, it all was surprising. It all kind of happened way quicker. Uh -huh. So that was the biggest adjustment. It's like, okay, we kind of got what we wanted fast. <laughs> <laughs> so now what? How do we structure that? Because also the, the logistical thing is that we also didn't have a lot of time uh -huh. to, to, to film. So it's like we did probably altogether three weeks of filming. Whoa. We did a week here in L.A. Uh -huh. with me and Rihanna, my girlfriend, my, my partner, um, and we 
we're ta- you know just talking about what I want to do, going to the Grace and Frankie set, me driving around L.A. They filmed me doing a couple shows, just me talking out loud about my feelings about my father, about my feelings, like come to some of the stuff I was talking to you about, mm-hmm. just like why even I want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had another day of filming uh, or another week of filming like a month after that mm-hmm. where – we are going to track him down. We're going to call him and co- talk to this private investigator and all this stuff. And then we had a week of filming where we went to New Mexico, mm-hmm. where we went to Portales, the little town I was born in, um, the home of Eastern New Mexico University, where my mother and fa- my mother, <laughs> my mother and my father, <laughs> well, so what I met, <laughs> my mother and my father, they both met there. Um, stri- slightly German. And now German. Yeah. My father and my mother, they both <laughs> met there. She was wearing lederhosen. She was, it was a place where only science and badness could come <laughs> together to create a man whose journey is, I don't know, it's Bernard, just Bernard, Bernard Herzog's Hansa, fatherless. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, you know he was fatherless. <laughs> All right. He's been fathered by science. <laughs> yeah. um, so then my mom kind of walked me around that town and, and that college, which is a place I've born, I was born and I've never been to that place. Mm-hmm. So it was like, as an adult walking around being like, wow, I've never been here. But then there was this one moment there was this housing. It was like the family housing. So since she was a young, you know, single mother, they put you in this housing where there's other mothers and there's some nursing and some daycare. And when we drove up to it, just suddenly I remembered it. I was like, wow. we drove up to this parking lot and I remember looking at it wow. from the side out of the car. And I'm like, wait a minute. I do know this place. Wow. But I must have been two. two. Yeah. yeah. That's around. 30. And I just was my, my brain just went, clink, clink, you recognize this. And I was like, whoa, I just had that moment. Uh, and then we went to Tucumcari, an even smaller town in New Mexico, which is the place I do remember. This is where your uh, your great grandparents raised. Where my great grandparents yeah. took care of me mm-hmm. until my mom got out of college, mm-hmm. and then we went, and then she left, and I went to Albuquerque for the big big showdown. Mm-hmm. So I'm spoiling all of the doc. No, that's fine. But everyone watch it. It's it's yeah. you don't know how it's going to unfold. Yeah, you know, knowing the ending of things. I'm, I'm not like spoilers don't bother me because yeah. if you think about like ancient Greek drama, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they all knew Oedipus is gonna poke his fucking eyes out, <laughs> yeah. and he's gonna be like, "I fucked my mom," and they're all gonna know. But how do you get to yeah. that? I thought That's you were gonna deep. say it's like a Greek drama. Like my father was a god. <laughs> I was born. I was born out of his I'm head. I'm Minotaur. <laughs> I poked my eyes out. It was really weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. There's a lot of things that are in it, and I like how it turned out. Mm-hmm. But there, of course, are a lot of things that there weren't. There wasn't enough time to unpack, or there were a lot of things that were left out. Yeah, it seems like your relationship with your mom is key throughout all of this. And yes. I, I really came away from that, like being really touched by your guys's. How relationship. cool is your mom? She's yeah. the coolest. The coolest. She's I mean, very cool. And it, and that's a thing that we didn't get to go deeper into is growing up. Right. Me and my mom growing up. We kind of glossed over it because I realized. Storytelling-wise, for an hour, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. We now, for the last decade, uh, actually, it's actually 16 years. So basically, when I started doing stand-up is when me and my mom started to have a brand new relationship. Because we had, it was tumultuous, to say the least. Yeah. Because my mom normal. was an addict. Mm-hmm. So I was like oh, raised okay. by an addict. And she was young. And my grandmother was there, and my grandmother was parenting her and parenting me. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was, there was a lot of resentment, a lot of anger, a lot of stuff coming up. Because my mom was also like, 
And that's a big thing. Like, now we have this really great relationship and we've done a lot of work to get to that. But it's like, I get why she was the way she was. She was abandoned, literally. Mm-hmm. As, as abandoned as you could get. Like, my father was like, I'm out of here. Never saw that man again. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother, my grandmother, was like, get an abortion. You're 19, finish college. Her, her grandparents, my great-grandparents, were like, you had sex outside of wedlock. Oh, yeah, God is mad. Mm-hmm. And they, like, washed their hands of her and, like, just didn't... Like, she had me alone in the hospital. No one was there. Wow. They came two weeks later and, like, dropped off food. And they were like, peace, and didn't talk to her for two years until they came and got me. Whoa. And she was still in school that whole time. She was in school that yeah. entire time. Oh, man. Trying to, like, keep her grades up. Trying to balance a job. On the side. So it's like she had a lot of – it was a very stressful time for her. And then, you know, getting out of that, like it makes sense that she had this I don't need anybody attitude. Right. That, and the anger and a resentment uh, and invalidation that can become addiction. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why that happened, you know, you could say in a way. So I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have a lot of leftover – things from that myself psychologically you, you never had like a stepdad issue or anything or... stepdad came in mm-hmm. when i was in like sixth seventh grade mm-hmm. never got along yeah so i have two little sisters that are my stepfather's children mm-hmm. um that i've known their entire lives uh now i have a new little sister that is my father's daughter right that's a whole nother yeah, i had yeah, four yeah. four siblings by him and i've met two of them oh wow and it's a whole nother yeah bag we didn't of even get to that we there was like a little animation a little of family, family. Tree. yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I had, More like, apples. it's funny because, like, the last cut, I had notes, but it was, like, too late. And I'm like, ah. Uh, and they're like, no, we have to lock this. It's picture lock. Yeah, it's yeah. going out. I'm like, dag. Because that, that last image where you see the kind of the mm-hmm. animated images yeah. of them, I would have I rather they have been question marks yeah. than actual mm-hmm. images. But that's, like, it's nitpicky. Right, mm-hmm. right, It's the right. nitpickiest thing ever. So really um, only three weeks of shooting. So your last footage you get is... Well, we got a lot because we got a lot of footage. Mm-hmm, yeah. And there was a time where we were talking about making it a series, like a docu-series, like a six-part thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we could go deeper into a lot of the stuff I'm talking about. But because of what happened with the production company and the producers leaving, it kind of left everyone with a bad taste in their mouths. They're like, you know what, let's just... Let's just stick to the the forty four mm-hmm. minute, you know, hour long yeah. TV doc. Uh, that's that's. I mean, it works. It works as the the length that it is now. Appreciate you know? that. Thank yeah, you. It works well. I, I mean, I have so many so yeah. many questions. Ask, some, ask what, some questions. Did did your mom ever reunite with your dad? In in that, did she ever meet him again? Or no, is, she and she didn't. She wasn't interested. I cannot see her being. Interested. I couldn't either. But she actually the literally the first thing when I picked her up at the airport in New Mexico. She's like, this isn't some elaborate setup, is it? That's the first <laughs> thing she She's like, you're not going to like spring it on me and like walk him into the room. I'm like, no, mom, come that's, on. That's funny. Aww, this, is not, this is not, you know, like, uh, like celebrity boss or whatever the hell that, what's that <laughs> right. show? What's the, what the boss predicts Undercover. To be? Undercover boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Undercover. Yeah. It's not undercover boss. Yeah, yeah. You Man, rip off a mustache. Yeah. When you were a child. He has like it's, another mustache under that. Yeah. This is your life. <laughs> yeah. um, no, so, so they did not reunite. Um, a big thing, like, now, it's, like, I am, my father is, like, a guy I know now. Yeah. Like, he's in my life. I called him on Father's Day. We, like, oh, talk. Oh, wow. Um, and I know. It's the That's first your time, first year. First, first time I Gosh. ever called my father on wow. Father's Day. And, yeah. uh, and you know. Oh, wait, when was that? Just, just, just couple, this last just Father's like Day. Just, like, this last Father's Day. Just a couple Two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Like like a week a week ago from Sunday or whatever. Yeah. So like I called him and we talked for like 20 15 minutes. That's the best thing about having a father. It's like he only wants to talk for 20 15 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah How's yeah. your shoes? Yeah, my mom, we talked yeah. for 3 hours. Right, I'm like, right. I got to go. Yeah, <laughs> She's yeah, like, yeah. "All right, you're going to go. All right. Goodbye." Another hour. But wait, just yeah. real quick though. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about the existence of a god? <laughs> Mom, why would you why is that your exit question? I can't we can't get it's another hour. Yeah. Philosophical question. The one I'm trying to hang up. Come on. Um, so he's a guy I know and I'm like, you know, I, I guess I'm balancing it because they they're, they're not going to meet. My There's mom's no not interested in, in meeting part. him. Yeah. Not really, yeah. you know, and she she's they saw each other in the dock. That's what I keep remembering. Right. They both have seen it. All right. Yeah. And they both liked it. Mm-hmm. So it means that he saw what my mom is like today. Right. Yeah. It means my mom saw what he looks like oh, today. Yeah. Um, but they neither of them have said, you know, oh I want to meet that person. Like and yeah. it's it's almost like it's what's done is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've all they've both got their own lives. But like it, let's say you get married or something, like a big event where like they're both gonna be there. That's like I thought about that, that too. Like is my parents a thing I have thought about. Yeah, like, that is a thing I have thought about. That's why they have about. two separate they have an aisle. That's why they invented the aisle. I'm just, I, I just don't want. I'm just scared it'll become a Kill Bill situation. <laughs> That's where I feel like my mom's Come gonna on, walk kiddo. in there and be yeah. like, "Fuck you, finally!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> With like like a yellow mechanics outfit on. Oh yeah! Oh, the Bruce Lee. Yeah, outfit the Bruce from, Lee from thing. Game of Death. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's a like dope Chinese. Stuff. I was I was I watched that with my girlfriend the other day, and I was explaining like, all right, that's a reference to Game of Death. So this yeah. is the outfit that Bruce Lee wears right. in Game of. Oh, let me show you this picture of Bruce Lee kicking Kareem Abdul Jabbar yeah. in the Aww. face. You are Bruce Splaining. <laughs> Bruce Splaining. Um, big Bruce Lee fan. The dopest. Um, so the yeah, they haven't. I don't think they're gonna meet. Um, I. I'm balancing out having them both in my life, and I have thought about, like, what if there's a big life event? For mm-hmm. instance, I'm having a baby. My girlfriend is pregnant. Oh, whoa. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm about to become a father. Oh. Wow. It's almost as it's a textbook <laughs> response. It's almost as if meeting my father <laughs> Allowed was you. like some sort of weird <laughs> healing experience yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that solved is... a bunch of fears I didn't know I had. <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah. Suddenly, I'm okay with being a dad myself. It's what? Wow. You might look it up in a textbook and say, <laughs> but yeah, so something like the birth of my child, yeah, being involved in my child because it's actually he, it's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be his first grandchild. My mom, my little sister oh. has a daughter, so my mom is already a grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. But my father is not a grandfather, mm-hmm. so he this makes him a grandfather. The the four siblings he had after you are mm-hmm. close to your age or much younger. My little sister by my father is six months younger than me. Oh, okay. okay, which means that. Our mothers Whoa. are pregnant at the same time. Oh, okay. that's so he kind of made a, cl- a choice, and this is something yee, we didn't get to go to yee, that yee, much too yee, in the doc yee. as well. Is that <laughs> it? To me, it's almost as if okay. Let me be super reductive here. Okay, okay? yeah, reductive. I mean, let me do some. Let me do some psychological Let's do some work. Let's do some I'm work. Gonna, this We're is doing storytelling. This is me psychoanalyzing my mom and my dad. You need to lay on the couch. As or? no, not, okay. but this is me as a neutral party. Mm-hmm. If me not being their child, this is what I think happened. I think my mother suffered some abuse when she was a kid that was never addressed. Black church shit. Right. Right. Yeah. And also small town church people. Jeez. She's a country See bumpkin. That person again. So yeah. you 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 suffer some abuse and it's never addressed. You become quirky to say the least. You know. So she goes off to college, right? And she's kind of like a like a, she's a quirky, funny, weird kind of person, right? Mm-hmm. My father, one of four brothers, 
everyone's in the military. His dad was in the military. He has a very military thing about him. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and that's something we didn't really talk about that much. Like, my, my, my girlfriend, whose brother was in the military, in the dock where my father sits, he sits on the bench and he takes off his sunglasses and, and he puts, puts them in the, the back, back of his shirt. Yes. And my, my girlfriend says, that is so military. It is, yeah. She's yeah. like, my brother does that all the time because her yeah. brother's in the, in the Navy. So my brother does that shit. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even know. So he joined the Army, right? My dad. His brother's from the army. His dad was in the army. He was always going to be in the army whether he liked it or not. Mm -hmm. So he goes off to college and he meets this girl who's out there, who's odd, who's funny, who's weird, everything his father would not like. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's into this girl. Mm. And she looks at this guy going, a plan. Yeah. He's consistent. He knows where he's going. Like, he makes me feel special. Mm -hmm. Everything that she ever wanted. Stable, right? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh, no, you're everything my father wouldn't like. I couldn't take this girl home. Right. So he chooses this other woman who I think was fit, you know, more the categories that he wanted. And he marries her over my mom. He rejects my mom, marries this other woman. She's pregnant. Right. Wow. They're both pregnant at the same time. Mm. So he leaves, I don't know, they moved to New York because this other woman's from the Bronx, Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx, mm -hmm. right? So they moved to New York, doesn't work out Yeah. with her, this other woman. Mm -hmm. He goes and joins the army, does his tour. Mm. So then my little sister, who I will remain, I'll leave her name out of yeah, it yeah, just yeah. for, yeah. you know, anonymy's sake. Mm -hmm. She grew up in the Bronx, oh. half black, half Puerto Rican, okay. with a single mom. And her and I had like a three-hour conversation. We talked recently and like, it's crazy because it's like, it's like we already know each other. Mm -hmm. It's like we, mm -hmm. we immediately had like a familiarity and a recognition. And it's like a little of it is like you are my actual blood relative by my father. I can't believe this. Because my little sisters by my mom are 13 years younger than me. Yeah. Her little brothers by her dad are 13 years younger than her. Oh, And whoa. her mom also that. had more daughters who are also 13 years younger. So she's got an above Jeez. decade gap like me mm -hmm. to her siblings where yeah. you're almost like an aunt, yeah. you know, or an uncle. I have that too. I have like, I'm like 20 years older than my twin brother and sister. Oh, wow. It's like really like being an uncle. Wait, your, your little brother and sister my are dad twins? And my, my dad and my stepmom. Yeah, oh, wow. So they're twins. fraternal twins. Yeah. You know, Amazing. Uh, uh, fertility drugs may have been involved. Well, that happens when people <laughs> yeah, get older. Exactly. That's yeah. why there's so many twins these days. And that's what I, I whenever I see a twin, like You're in like, Barnes Doll or something, yeah. like, yeah. Lucas Brothers, old moms. <laughs> um, so she has never had a sibling that's in the same place that she is life-wise. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we're talking to each other. We're both 36. You know, we... She's got a life in New York where she is. She's works in the industry. Actually, she works on a TV show called the The Americans. Yeah, like, she's not an actress, uh, but yeah. she's like uh, you know costume wardrobe wow. stuff. Um, and um, so, and you lived in New York for a while. I did. I lived yeah. in New York for like like nine years. Your career. You and we never there. met. We were both there at the same time. We never Whoa. met. She didn't like comedy. <laughs> um, no, we, you know it's funny because we it's, there's a possibility that we could have been on a set. Yeah. She recently worked with Aparna, Nanchilla. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, she's like, I'm doing this thing with comedians with this woman, Aparna. You know her? I'm like, yeah, tell her you're my sister. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She'll know exactly Whoa. what that means. Wow. Yeah. She probably, Aparna, actually, I think I was working with Aparna on something like when I was about to make this doc. Uh -huh. And she was like, wow, this is fascinating when she was asking me all these questions. So anyway. That's nuts. Her and I, me and my, me and my sister, we, we talked and it's like we know each other. She's been on the other side of the story. Like yeah. her, she grew up with her mom and 
our dad was not there. Mm-hmm. They didn't really. She met him maybe when she was seven, eight. Okay, so you had you almost had similar relationships. Yeah, she and knew then they who didn't he was. get to know each he other for there. real until mm-hmm. she was graduating high school. Is mm-hmm. when they started to get to know each other as people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is also him. After the army, he came out of there with severe PTSD. Mm-hmm. He drove a truck across the, the states in Canada for years. Because he said he wasn't good for him to be around people. He just mm. knew he couldn't be around people. Wow. Then he met another woman, had two sons. Okay. So he's 50-something? Yeah, 58. Uh-huh. Ended up back in Al- Actually, I think Albuquerque? He, he's, he just turned yeah. 59, so mm-hmm. he's turned 60 next, next So he year. was in the Army in the 80s. Early the, 80s? Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And he, um, he actually... What did he say he did? Panama? Okay. Um he said, went down to Panama to yeah. get Noriega's ass. That's yeah. a direct quote. <laughs> quote uh, unquote. He, the Gulf War in the 90s, was the, that was the end. That was his retirement. Got it. Yeah. So he, Panama, Korea, I think he said. Uh-huh. Um, Somalia. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, and Gulf War. Wow. Gulf War I was the end of it for him. Mm-hmm. And also, he's had, we didn't talk about this in the doc either, he had scoliosis. Like, oh. he was of an age, for some reason, they didn't check boys. Yeah, why would scoliosis? <laughs> so he had all this back stuff, you know, and he had all this uh, extreme physical training for being in the army. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's had all of these. He's had back surgeries, hip surgeries, leg surgeries, Shit. jaw surgeries. In the documentary, you can see he's kind of got chipmunk cheeks. Yeah. Because he's had jaw surgeries. And he can barely open his mouth. That's a stress thing, too. Yeah. Jaw stuff stress. He's had a lot, he's had a lot oh, of surgeries. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's my little psychoanalysis about what happened, you know, on, on his side of the story mm-hmm. about why him and my mom didn't work out. I think that they, I think that they were fuck buddies uh-huh. and to him. Yeah. And they were together to my mom. Right. right. So right. she that's, was more you serious get about it mm-hmm. than he was. Gee, that's never happened. <laughs> yeah. That exactly. is how it seems to be. Like, Especially at 19, of course. Yeah. 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 You know, but she's, you know, at 19, you think uh, when you're in love with someone, you're like, this is forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 19-year-old's mentality, which my mom now knows. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and she talks about that a lot in the doc. Because she's actually studying to become a counselor. Oh, wow. Which is why she's so mentally aware and, you know, so present of mind about, like, the decision, like, how she, she, you know, she puts it like she was stuck on stupid. Like, her self-hatred and her self-loathing and believing that and how Mm. it made her act. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, which is also what she had to uncover for her to transcend her addiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how was it growing up in such a small, white farm town and... All right, two percent. Yeah, one yeah. percent well, or whatever. I didn't even know that it was two percent black yeah. until I even saw the documentary. Like yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's a two percent black population." Yeah. Because I knew all of the black people. That's yeah. who oh, I knew. That was a my 2%. neighborhood. We were literally from the other side of the tracks. My uh, mom pointed out. Mm-hmm. It's literally downtown. It's weird how that train happens. tracks. Yeah. black people. Right, right, right. right, right and right. It was black people, Mexican people, um, Native Americans. I actually right. knew Native In Americans America, growing yeah, up. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, and then my next door neighbor, who I thought was white, but she's not white. She was Mexican. Mm-hmm. She's just pale. Right. And I used to think, oh, the preacher has a white daughter, but I, she wasn't white. She was Mexican. And now I know that. I'm like, oh, now I know. And that yeah. was half the battle. Um, <laughs> and also, he, that wasn't his daughter, which I did understand. What I understood now, what I see is my great-grandparents, my great-grandfather was the deacon of the church in that town. Mm-hmm. Live right next door to the pastor. That's his house that you show, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the pastor and his wife, they would kind of take in at kids who had been abandoned by their, oh. their families. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was oh. to my great-grandparents. Oh. So it's kind of like me and this girl, we were like 
the foster kids in some right. sort of way of these mm-hmm. really old people. And, you know, she was, that girl was like my first love mm. as well. Like my first love, my first kiss and like oh, really? all of these things. But very like, Tannenbaum's very style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so... So your relationship with your uh, pop, pop, Papa, Papa, Papa called him. Yeah, call him in the thing. Great grandfather. Um, so you felt? Did he feel like he was treating you like this is like his duty as a Christian more than as an actual great grandfather? Well, to you know, you or? there was love. There had to be love there for mm-hmm. him. My great, my great grandmother to even take me. I mean, I think that like because they were they literally abandoned my mom. It was like don't yeah. talk to us. Don't we wash our hands. You disappointed us. We're because done of the with premarital you. stuff. Because of all that yeah. stuff. You mm-hmm. have disappointed us. Mm-hmm. But my hope, my hope, my feeling, uh, you know, is that I hope that people in the community in their community were like that ain't right. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the way of God is to forgive and all that stuff and that they eventually 2 years later forgave forgave, you know, uh, and then came yeah. and took me and raised me while my mom yeah. finished school. Yeah, that was, like, kind of unclear in the doc, like, how much your mom, like, would, how much she, how she felt about that. She maybe needed some relief help. She definitely needed some relief. But what did she, I mean, she visit often or? Um, you know, I, I feel like I don't remember seeing my mom because mm-hmm. I don't remember to earlier than that. Like, I don't... Right. Even though I see pictures of her, and when I remember seeing her drive up, I want to say I was like six or seven when mm-hmm. she drove up to the house. And she, I remember her getting out of the car and me looking out of the window and being like, hey, that's my mom, but mm. I don't know her. Like, wow. I knew who she was, uh-huh. but I also knew that I didn't know her. Mm-hmm. But she had graduated school, and then she came to get me. And we lived in New Mexico for a year before we moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, which mm-hmm. is where I, I grew up mostly. Mm-hmm. And it was me, my mom, and my grandma mm-hmm. in the desert. Um, and that was as much as your family that was there. No extended family. Exactly. Other than that. Wow. Exactly. Which actually, it was also a very isolated upbringing. Mm-hmm. I am now understanding. Yeah. Because we didn't know anyone in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we kept it. My mom also, I realized, was very paranoid. Because, you know, like, as black people, as, you know, a lot of people talk about the conversation that a black a black parent will have with their child about how to act when the cops come around. Mm-hmm. I never had that conversation. So what my mom's my mom's tactic was just to keep me inside uh, all of the time, wow. and where you can watch more TV, yeah. where I can watch more TV. Yeah. And we had cable. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had cable and air conditioning inside. Yeah. So I yeah. in video games. Oh, you need air conditioning. I got I had a Sega yeah. Genesis, and I was like, fine, I'll stay need? inside. Yeah. I knew the kids in my neighborhood. You know, like we, we were in North Las Vegas at first, which was a black Mexican neighborhood. So I knew a lot of black kids, a lot of Mexican kids. Then we moved to this other side of town, which was closer to the Mirage, where my mom got a job. So then we moved closer because it was a crazy commute. So it was a neighborhood that is now kind of like, it's Chinatown. There's a big thing there called the Chinatown Plaza. But I remember it was built, and I was so happy because there was an arcade in there. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was black people, Mexican people, but also um, Vietnamese people, Filipino Mm. people, Korean people. So Mm -hmm. like that was my group of friends growing up in like middle school to high school. So it was kind of like, she, but she kept me inside. We didn't know anyone. So right. I knew the kids in my neighborhood. Right, 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 right. But like my mom didn't really yeah. have friends outside of the people she was going to be an addict right. with. So it's like okay. there was a lot of isolation. And I think that's left over from her being like, I don't need nobody, sort of that rage, that anger. You mm-hmm. I'm surprised you're so outgoing with such isolation. Like, Well, it's because, you know, it was a rough neighborhood, too. That was the other thing. Comedy so, keeps you out of fights. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. There, was, there were 
gangs. There were Crips, Bloods. Oh, okay. Um, you know the. Well, it's definitely drugs in Vegas and, and drugs yeah. and and like so it was like there was it was the nineties. There was that fear of drive-bys of so and so brought a gun to school and such and such you know his brother is a Crip you know or such and, and so there was all that that was in the air and so. I used that as an excuse to stay inside because I was scared to be outside oh, wow. too. Yeah, and also I didn't know which of my friends I could and couldn't trust. The news is telling me all the time, you know, he's young, he's black, he's angry, he's coming. I'm like, that's everyone I know. <laughs> what am I? What am I supposed to be afraid of my own mirror image? Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like um, that isolation was such a big part of my upbringing mm-hmm. and being apart from everyone. And but then being in the neighborhood and knowing the kids that I knew and then also there were tough kids being funny as I saw as a model on television and movies if I'm funny I could be liked yeah maybe people be like you know what don't beat him up he's hilarious yeah he's or, with us yeah, yeah or I could make someone laugh before they punched me or right. something yeah and it was kind of my survival tactic growing up in my house meant never asking questions I only ever heard pieces of stories things that I put together to create my own mythology. Until yesterday, my mother and I never spoke about the circumstances of my birth. But now I'm 35. I'm ready to know what the real deal is. So I'm taking my mother back to where it all began, Portales, New Mexico. Hopefully being there will give me more sense of what her life was like and who she was. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Paco, what's your, do you uh, grew up with a stepdad or more? Like, yeah, what's I had your a relationship with your Actual dad, or what's that? What's your relationship like with your oh man, biological dad? horrible, <laughs> horrible. Well, I got kicked out of my house when I was fifteen because I didn't believe in God. So mm. that tells you something. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't talk to my dad for twelve years at all. So from fifteen to almost thirty, I never talked to him. They're never... fundamentalists. Oh yeah, my dad was a deacon as well. He was a pastor, but we came from this bizarre little free denominational. Uh, you know. Freestyle Christianity? Well, it's like agape. Okay. It was like agape, okay. but even even weirder because mm. uh, you had to go to my dad if you needed to paint your house. You had to get his permission. Or if people wanted to get a divorce or if they wanted to have a baby. They were called oh, pods. Wow. So, so he was in charge of our, the pod that our family and other families were a part of. Jeez. Yeah. My a pod of. A pod, yeah. <laughs> I have a stepsister who got into Podcasting a cult. She went to um, Oral Roberts University. Okay. Wow. And got into this weird-ass Christian cult that my dad was like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, that's how religious, yeah, they're mm-hmm. very religious. Mm. And then my, mo- my mom is, my stepfather's African-American, so I grew up with my mom, who's atheist, and an African-American stepdad who's Baptist. 
Whoa. And then my dad, who's all that freaky shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I had all that kind of crazy shit. Yeah, I had the opposite. My, my stepdad was a white Republican. <laughs> in, in really? So yeah. your stepdad yeah. was white? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You guys, and, you know, there's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to write a show together. Dysfunctional. I had your black dad. We put the funk in dysfunctional. <laughs> Get that bass out. Um, yeah, and because my little Rick sister's James. a mixed race. And, oh, okay. And my girlfriend is mixed race. And I've been around a lot of mixed race people. Yeah. My entire, my entire it works. Life. It yeah. works. What's your stepdad's name? Mike? Ken? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll, leave, I'll unname uh, it. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a stipical. A, a stipical. <laughs> It's not a typical stepdad name. Yeah, Quincy. It's it's Italian. I'll tell you. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, you know it's funny. I just got to say this real quick. I really was. I love Mark Maron's podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I've been listening to it since it started, and I saw that you're on it, and I was like, oh shit, I want to listen to this, right? And so I'm listening to it, and I'm like, God, I didn't know he was married to his girl, and I didn't know they toured together doing comedy. Who Maron? Yeah. I was listening to it, and, I'm, and then oh. I realized, wait, this is Moshe Kasher. <laughs> <laughs> you got the wrong episode. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I grew oh, yeah. up in Oakland. And then he's, I'm like, I'm like, why is why is Mark being such a dick to Baron? Because he's kind of a dick to Mo. And I was like, this is weird. And then he's like, tell me about problematic. What did your old man do? Tell me about. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's right. It was a combo, me yeah. and Moshe. Oh, you guys were a split episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was, was like, like a little interview with Moshe yeah. and then the long yeah. And was he you were promoting Fatherless in it? I was, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And I figured they would start with you because you were the longer part and then finish it with Moshe. So I'm listening to it and I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? But you know, I have no idea how Mark feels about me, which I think is how <laughs> you're supposed to feel. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember somebody said like that Mark was Mark was rude to me in the way that he's like intimidated by me oh, okay. or threatened by me. Yeah. And they're like, what an honor. Yeah, that means he good. thinks you're something. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he's threatened, that's he's like, like he yeah. thinks you're somewhere. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he has, yeah, if you listen to enough of that, he has different laughs for different people. Yeah. He has different ways of speaking to different people. Well, also because I felt, I, I wasn't sure if he even wanted to talk to me on like of his own mm. volition. Well, like right. So it kind of yeah. felt like a little obligatory, but he knows who I am because we've known each other yeah. for years. Yeah. And he's, was nicer to me. I would say he's nicer to me off. Mic. Right. That's fine. Even though it's just kind of like, he's like, all right, you're a guy. Just come on in. You want yeah. some coffee? Yeah, you yeah. sing, right? You're the singing <laughs> guy. You're the guy who sings. <laughs> oh, I see. Is it? Because he even admitted, I think he even admitted about what category he thought I belonged yes. to. He's like, yes. Oh, he's like, I thought you were the, this the kind actor of actor guy yeah. that gets into comedy. Oh. Yeah. But that's what I always used to get. Bullshit yeah. about New York anyway. Those New York comics, they, they they don't like that. They're so like they're such purists, especially when I was there. Well, did you start in theater? Did you have a theater? I did. I went yeah. to theater. Well, I went to a performing arts high school. Right. And then I went to Vegas? in Vegas. And then I went to theater school in Boston. Oh wow. And it was whilst I was in theater school Ooh, learning that's to a, use that's words. A theater word. Like whilst. whilst. Yeah. Shakespeare. Um, I started doing stand-up when I was in college. Oh, okay. oh it's in Boston. So yeah, in Boston. You and Mike Kaplan kind of buddy? actually about the same yeah. time, yeah. yeah. And Mike went to BU as well. Okay, yeah. Even though he was a it was a different reason. He's gonna be on the show one day. <laughs> yeah, he said, and he'll do it, and it'll be great. Uh, yeah, I've known Mike for since I've been doing stand-up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. And that scene sounds pretty incredible. I've I've done stand-up Boston just a couple scene. times in Boston, mm-hmm. but like, sounds yeah, like a pretty. No idea what's going on with it now. It seems like it's on the it's on the upswing. Like it kind of had a big death. I think every comedy scene, right? You know, when it gets to a certain point where like they had this great club called the the comedy connection and they closed it 
and then opened it at the Wilbur, which is mm. a 1,200-seat mm. theater. Mm-hmm. So it's like, unless you can sell that out, oh. they weren't mm. booking you. So there was this no, there was just like open mics and 1,200-seaters, right. and everyone no, in the middle mm-hmm. was just not being served. There wasn't places for people to really grow. Yeah, but yeah. it seems like they opened up a couple medium-sized clubs, so it seems like there's this new... Like, kind of Sam Jay's class. I don't know if you guys know Sam, know Sam Jay, Jay at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple young comics I've been meeting out of Boston. Tawanda Gona, Kenise Mobley. Uh, uh, what was it? Nick Chambers or Justin Chambers? It's Nick Chambers. Mr. Chambers. Mr. Chambers. <laughs> Just a couple. I met them. I actually met Kenise and Nick out in um, Portland this year. So there's, like, a lot of young comics that are, that are starting to come up that are, like, five, six years in, and they're, like, really good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Obnoxiously good. And somehow you've met, and there's cat hair in there. Oh, it's cat hair. <laughs> yeah, it's cat hair. Because oh, okay. I lived with cats for a while, but somehow That's you met. That's why I'm having allergic reactions. You, you lived in uh, uh, southeast New Mexico. Yeah, you lived in Vegas. You uh, lived north, in... northeast, northeast, Mexico, yeah. Vegas, and Boston. Yet you'd have no accent. You, you didn't catch any of that. <laughs> I I had a New Mexico accent, which is kind of a Texan accent with a little less twang. Okay. Then when I went to the East Coast, it was Boston and New York. You know, they both have their own rhythm, but it's much a uh, faster way of speaking. Mm. La- you're loud and you're fast mm-hmm. at the same time. Because right. I would go back to Vegas and they would, they would be like, oh, you have this. Now you, have, you sound like you're from the East Coast. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, huh, what? What are you talking about? You sound like, Fuck you. sounded like Bernie Mac for no reason. <laughs> oh, Bernie Mac. I love it. Um, let me, so let me ask you. Cause yeah. are you, you're a writer on Grace and Frankie? No, I'm just an actor. You're an actor on it. So yeah. not not a writer. But I don't get to write, unfortunately. Those are those are cool. I also oh man, I wanted to ask you about the scene with um, Richard Pryor's daughter. Oh yeah, Rain. Oh, right. oh that's right. Yeah, there's all these other segments that we didn't talk about. Yeah, yeah, like that's a like great. It was stuff. short. It was rambly. rambly. It was so rambly. short. I wanted to watch. It was a it was a great conversation I had with her mm-hmm. too, because she also talked about her blended family, and the kind of the. Like a lot about what you saying? The addiction stuff would be, yeah, yeah, and having a father with uh, severe addiction, and you know, I want to say she even said it in the doc about like he'll choose women over her all the time, like and drugs. She said, yeah, you have women and drugs. If there's women and drugs present, he's not coming to the school play. You know, he's not going to pick me up from school. Um, But also, like her, she she went pretty deeply into like what the divorce of her father and mother was like. Because, you know, she was this project, the way that she put it. Like, they kind of looked at her like, because her mother was white and Jewish, right? So they looked at her like, you're not black, you're not white, you are beyond all this dumb shit we invented. Oh, you're yeah. the cure to racism. Whoa. And then they broke up, and it was like, your mother's a bitch, oh. your father's an asshole. Oh, wow. And they hated each other, wow. and they pitted, they pitted her against. Oh. So like, she became a pawn in their hatred, Yeah, and it was the same for all of his other kids and his ex-wives, Whoa. where there was this division, and everybody hated each other. And they, she's like, the kids, they all started to find each other as they got older because they wanted to connect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They saw that it was by design that they were being kept away from each other. Oh, Jesus. And so, because she, she is not with the father of her daughter anymore. Rain, yeah. But that was a big thing for her mm-hmm. growing up, you know, being in the middle of that fight. And she was like, I do not want that for my daughter. So even though it didn't work out with the father, it was a big thing for her to be like, I never want my daughter to feel like she has to choose right. one of us. So they kind of put their shit aside 
and just like our daughter is bigger than the, the fact that our marriage That's didn't how work it should out. be. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. And it's hard because because it's painful. Yeah. It's painful when shit doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, she and she talked a lot about that that healing and like being able to let go of that stuff and like mm-hmm. be your own person and break cycles and stuff like that, which it's the whole reason I tried to I wanted to mm-hmm. make this documentary. Yeah. It's to let this shit go. Because we never talked about it. Like, my mom had a lot of shame about all this stuff. So mm. we, like, in the documentary, when she's telling me all those stories, it's the first time I ever heard any of this Oh, stuff. wow. I never heard any of it. I was afraid to ask about it. I was about, about to it. say, you must be afraid to sit down with your mom and ask that kind I of was, shit. I was, you know, and it was just, it was the environment was don't ask. I'm you good, know, good. not even don't ask, right. don't tell, just don't, don't ask. ask yeah. mm-hmm. And I won't tell. And it's good on your mom that she didn't spin any yarns or try to, like, you know, lie or yeah and i think it's you know and luckily i think it was pretty healing for her to be able to get this off her chest and to talk about these things and to see that she has come such a far way that these things are over because mm-hmm. she was nervous coming to back to portalis she was nervous like she said on the phone like you know i'm afraid i'm gonna like i'm just gonna crack and be running down the streets like i'm gonna go insane but you know getting there she didn't go insane she's like right. walking around being like she also saw like the, the good memories because you, yeah. you, in her mind, it was like these places are locked in in her mind as the worst things that have ever happened to me. Right, mm-hmm. happened here and happened here, right. and then going back and being like, oh, this is just a place, mm-hmm. and good things happened here. Like I made it. Like you know, I guess she was afraid she would be super triggered or whatever. Sure, but then she wasn't. Yeah, and that in itself was really healing. She's for grown her. because mm-hmm. she's grown. Yeah. yeah, she's a she's an adult. She's not the same person she was at nineteen. Exactly, six, and neither am I. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. I'm so surprised your dad agreed to do this. You know, is it okay to calm? It must be to calm your dad. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still adjusting to it. I I forget. I I have jokes about this. Like, I still call him my father more than I call him my dad. Uh Yeah, but because it's like it's still also weird. Like using these words, right? Like yeah. I would just call right. him by his name, and I'd be like, you know, I'm gonna talk to my. Uh, uh, that doesn't <laughs> feel right. <laughs> my dude. Uh, it's like nope. when the Fonz nope. had to apologize. It's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> my bio. My bio. My fellow. My fellow. We birds of one. I'm, I was thinking about like how there's other comics I know that have like either like don't have good relationships with their dads or maybe adopted or something like that. Or mm-hmm. it, what you're going through, I think, is similar to a lot of people that deal with adoption stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, actually, one of my best friends is adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an adopted Korean lesbian that grew up in Arkansas, so that was fun. <laughs> um, she, yeah, exactly. Gay oh. Korean in the South. Mm. Lucky. <laughs> lucky. Lucky, lucky situation. Yeah. Um, so... Her and I actually, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons that we're friends is because there's a lot of similar kind of stuff of our isolation and our outcast status and all that stuff. So, I mean, with an adopted person, you know, adoption is is a tricky thing, you know, um, as far as I know. I don't know a lot of adopted people. I know, like I said, my best friend is adopted. One of my best friends, you know, (laughs) we don't need to, you know, make labels. Yeah, yeah. Categories. Chisel There's eight thing. best friends. Here they are. In order of best. <laughs> top eight. Uh, MySpace. Top eight. BuzzFeed. <laughs> top best friends you didn't know you had. Um, so she actually is is kind of in the place where she's uh, she's gonna go to Korea and she's trying she's actually kind of in communication with this adoption agency and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Now, an adopted person, it depends. Some of them 
want to find who these people are that were their biological parents. Some of them are like, fuck them. They didn't want me. I don't want them. Um, some of them understand that it's not as simplistic as they didn't want me. I think in some of their cases, it's they weren't wanted. And in some of their cases, it's their parents were not in a situation where, and I think this is what my friend is finding. It's not yeah, that she Korea. wasn't wanted. Yeah, Korea. It's, like it's that like Korea is a messed up place. Yeah. Her mother may have been in a situation where for her to have a daughter it was not going to, like she, just because of the situation she was in, this was her only option. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So right. in a way that she forgives it, like, you know, because that's how I felt about my dad. I forgive this. Right. It's not like, I don't know what he was up against. Right. You know, what made him make this decision. That's what I was curious to find out. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, everyone's doing the best they can do with yeah. what they have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because of what they have, it is not the, a good situation. The, their best is actually really bad. Right. But what can you say about that? Yeah. What can I do? Just be angry and judge all the time? That's- so, and adopted people, and some adopted people, like their adopted parents, are so good mm-hmm. and so present and so re- receptive to them that they feel that. Mm. Nurture. They feel yeah. that intimacy, and they don't. That's what you want. They don't yeah. have the emotional need to mm-hmm. have to go find this this other group of people yeah. that are they're biologically related to. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's obviously it's a unique puzzle yeah. for every single person, and I think it's it's true for a fatherless child. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I wanted to say that there is a trope, there's an idea about how it is I would be or should be if I grew up in a single mother household knowing that my father left. Mm-hmm. There's an idea of how that's supposed to look like, and I've never ever looked like that. I've never ever felt like that, and I wanted to put out a story of what that looks like so that way people can know mm-hmm. if, they, if this is their experience, oh, I'm okay being who I am. Or if you know someone who had that experience, maybe you won't jump to conclusions about who they are right. based on that little piece of information. Or it's more like when there's policies that are sort of based around these ideas about yes. like, oh, like, you know, people that were like trying to like, you know, affect like welfare and things like that. And, and that's like, another thing that I would have wanted to study mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have wanted to study a little I would have wanted to, I would have wanted to go deeper into my story with my mother and her side and kind of growing up and what that was like and kind of um, you know, filter that out into what addiction is in the black community, to what mental health is in the black community. Mm-hmm. These things that that happen um, that are the result of social ideas, of policy, uh, and also how they just don't get addressed. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of everyone's kind of treated like, why don't you just be better? Stop being criminals, right. and then your whole society would be better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, that doesn't address what Reagan did. So, yeah. Well. yeah. Um, and I used to have a joke just kind of like, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. I can't even remember it off the top of my head, but I would point at Reagan. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to go deeper into that and social policy, how that kind of, and all this, mm-hmm. all these ways that these ideas yeah. kind of get turned into, they're, they're looked at and they're taken as fact mm-hmm. yeah. of a people. Yeah. Thus, if we have any policies about those people, then these are the facts about who they are. They're criminals, and mm-hmm. so we need to make these policies, and we need to shove them into certain places in the city so that way they only kill each other. Am right. I right? Who's with me? <laughs> yeah. So all, all in favor, say yay. <laughs> all opposed, say nay. <laughs> nay! <laughs> the yays happen. <laughs> but wait! I like the scene where you had your buddies... Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, Lorel, Lynn Robinson, or your four uh, best friends, my four other best friends, <laughs> Open Mike Eagle. Yeah, because they're all well. Lorel and Open Mike are fathers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike is married. I um, 
Lil Rel, I'm, I actually don't remember. I think him and his wife are not together, or his ex-wife mm-hmm. are not together anymore, but they are having a decent you know, sharing of custody yeah. with their mm-hmm. kids. And Leonard is married and trying to have kids. So he's always wanted to be a father. Mm-hmm. And then also I wanted to pick them because they all had different... Like, Leonard grew up um, with his both his parents in the house. I think that Lil Rel did as well. Mm-hmm. And Mike's parents split up. Mm. So he was raised by a single mother who, instead of addiction, was church for her. Right. You know, in Same Chicago. Thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, exactly. Like, if you church can be an addiction, it can be the Helps. answer to all yes. your problems yes. and the thing that you use to judge others with. Mm-hmm. As and well. the thing you say, like, you know what? You go sit in front of the TV. I've got church to go I got to. Ch- exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to have that group of men together, you know, to kind of speak about this subject, you know, and kind of because they all had their own ideas. Again, that was a two-hour conversation yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, that we could only use a snippet of. Same with Rain, only use a snippet. Even the professor right. at UC, yeah, USC like, yeah, yeah, a great, yeah. had a great talk with that guy. And um, But, you know, like mm-hmm. the realities of the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a long talk with my dad. Yeah. Out in the park? In the park. I remember we, we, we talked, we That's walked around. That's your first ever meet. First every meet. Yeah. First every meet. We talked, we walked around, and then he left. And I remember turning to everyone, I was like, okay, so what do we got? Like 20 minutes of footage? And they're like, we were here for two and a half hours. <laughs> You thought it was 20 minutes? Because in my mind, yeah. I'm just trying to be so present. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. all of the feelings I ever had, yeah. I was just like, shut up. Just be here in this park with this dude. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. just a dude. Yeah. yeah. And it was just kind of, I had to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah, yeah the yeah. scenes where you're like, you're like on, even like when you're like getting the voicemail, just the, the range oh. of emotions you go through oh my God. in like two minutes. And it's just like knowing that like uh, oh yeah you're a comedian so you're just gonna like I, this is not, not serious yeah but then, like, uh, my f- like, i was that. watching it and i was like of course that's his dad they have the same head <laughs> and then it cuts and it's like i need to get a dna test so i was like you have the same head that it, it's funny when i watched the rough cut of the doc and i saw what we looked because i'm and when i'm sitting with him i'm just sitting with him yeah right? But when I saw the footage of us together, yeah. that was my problem. Like, yeah. We got the same head. You both That's literally, I said that out you loud both to the screen. Tilted your head down at the same time when you were walking in huh. the same way, and I was and like, a, and we sat on the bit bench, and it was the same. We did the same <laughs> thing with our feet. And we yeah. both had our arm up. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even believe in like all that. You know, like everything similar DNA. Uh-huh. I didn't even believe in it. And then I saw it. I'm like, come on, are yeah. you kidding? Because actually, the day after that, we met. We went to lunch. Him and I just. Him oh, and nice. I, no curl, No cameras. Yeah. No. And, you know, he actually told me there, he's like, you know, I know we're going to do this DNA test, but I'm, I'm pretty certain you're my son. Oh, cool. He's like, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, that, you, that you're my son. And, and uh, so he, he actually at least said that to my face, that nice. he felt certain yeah. about mm-hmm. it, that he, was, he felt like, you know, I'm, that he was happy that we've started this, this dialogue. Uh, and then, you know, I'm looking at this dude, two days of looking at him. Yeah. And then he leaves the lunch, right? I went to the bathroom. And when I looked in the mirror, oh wow! It's the first time I've ever saw. Oh, I like saw his face yeah. in my yeah. face. I saw my resemblance. It's the first time in Whoa. my life because I've always seen my mom's sure. resemblance. Yeah. But then there's just I always kind of assumed a way that my father must look based on the things in my face that I can see that are not from my mom. Right, right. And then suddenly I'm looking at I've been looking at him for two hours. I look in the mirror. Right. I'm like. Holy shit, there I am. There he is. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Awesome. It was the first time I ever Did saw you that. want an apology from him? Did he give you an apology? Is that something you were after? You know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't even come into this whole project wanting an apology. Okay. I kind of just wanted to understand what happened and, and see who he was. And 
he has basically said, you know, I'm sorry for what happened. I'm sorry that this is what happened. You know, I'm sorry that it, it shook down this way. I made mistakes. You know, I didn't make all the right choices. Mm-hmm. You know, but what happened happened, and now we have now. And we can, you know, we, he's like, he said, I missed out. You know, you missed out. So now we can put it together. So, so did he say, I'm sorry I left you? Mm-hmm. You know, exactly, specifically? Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. And that's more like he, the person that really deserves the apology is yeah, my mom. Yeah. Mom, yeah. And then that, yeah. Like, I think your core. Because that's why I was yeah. like, he didn't leave me. He left my mom. Yeah. Interesting. It didn't happen to me. I wasn't mm-hmm. even alive yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even someone for him to think about. And then my mom, though, right. that's where the apology is deserved. So good point, George. And that's gonna yeah, be a hard, job, and that's, that's probably hard why one. they'll never meet. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna <laughs> be the hard. Thing were you to ever do. prepared for him to not want to meet? Yes, you were prepared. I actually for that? was hoping he was dead. Honestly, yeah, when we were look, looking for him because I, I, I was afraid. Yeah, I actually, even though I put myself, I wanted, I, I made this thing to force myself to do this. Right. Okay. So the accountability was the camera crew. I needed the accountability. <laughs> yeah. Someone wow. being like, uh, There's you need a budget. to meet your dad in a week. So what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I needed that accountability. Camera's rolling. Did you call your therapist a lot more during oh, this whole yeah. time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like, uh, extra billables. Yeah. He was going to be in the dock. He agreed to be in the oh. dock. Yeah. But then, he's, then he said, when we had a session, he's like, Kinda no, harsh. I thought about it. And, yeah. I, and I actually think it's not a good idea for me to be in it. Yeah, he's I like, I think it's better for you to have a, sa- a, a space that is not compromised, right? So that way you can process. Oh, that's really yeah. yeah. Don't throw everything onto into like yeah. the, the machine. Exactly. Uh, unless he was like the celebrity therapist to the stars. He's like, sure, I want some stage. Hi, stuff. I'm yeah. Doctor Drew. I'm your therapist. <laughs> <want> yeah. <laughs> Tommy but, Robbins here. Yeah. Who's the doctor from The Simpsons? Uh, Doctor Nick. Hi, yeah, Doctor Nick. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Doctor. I'm Nick. Joy McClure. That's yeah. your yeah. I'm Joy McClure. And uh, this is kind of this is a little cheesy, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Do you think you're fatherless still? No. No, I don't. You're father full in a I'm way. Fathered. <laughs> you are fathered and you're yeah. about to father. So That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I in a way I think his apology to me is wanting to know me. Yeah. Is wanting to oh, be yeah. in my life, wanting to be a part of my life. You know, so he is he's putting himself yeah. out there. And and you know, he he's an interesting dude because it's clear to me that he's had a lot of therapy as well. Oh, okay. Just from his Past in the army PTSD and stuff. all that stuff because he communicates in this way that is kind of like it's almost practice like he had to learn it but he's been doing it long enough that it's not like herky jerky right but he's he does t- say that he appreciates things he does speak to feeling you know um, like you know even when I call him on Father's Day you know he's saying like I, this really warms my heart oh. I'm so happy mm-hmm. and honored that you that you called and that you you know like it still blows his mind that I want to know him yeah yeah and and that that I want him to be in my life. Did you ask him if you could be his favorite kid? <laughs> I'm the number one son, man. It's, it's crazy. I'm the first kid. Uh, I don't know if I have favorite status yet. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that's and awesome. it's the, and the funnest thing is, is is having this new sister that we get to kind of talk. Yeah, that's so cool. And you know, like she even asks me advice for things like and. There was like some guy she was gonna date, going to date with, but he's like an actor. She's like, I don't know, does this look bad? You were and like, like, it depend-? like, I gave her advice. She's like, Wow, you're really good at this. Yeah. yeah. She's like, We just, we barely know each other. I'm already like, Oh, okay, like, that's good advice. Don't yeah. judge him on his headshot. Don't judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the best picture you'll ever see you really of him. Like double, quadrupled your family in a way. There you. Oh, dude. And I apparently I have because all of his brothers are alive. Okay. My great, my grandfather on his side is alive. 
and the grandmother. Oh, wow. There's all this family, cousins and cousins and cousins and cousins in Texas. Yeah. And up and down the East Coast, because his mom's from Long Island. I, dude, it, when this aired, I started getting messages and tweets from people who were like, uh, apparently I'm your cousin. Wow. wow. Just like on Facebook and Twitter, just like, I'm your cousin. And do you hey. think, and I don't know, I'm thinking like even like because of how military and tight his upbringing is, maybe they didn't know like about it. What happened with your mom? Is that possible? It's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I think the military stuff is what made him want to control his life. Yeah. But I think he also kind of looks at that now, like the mil- being in the military is the thing that, that fucked him up more than anything else. That's a, yeah. That he, it wasn't a decision he made for himself. It kept him away from everything he wanted to be and in, in that he loved. It was his dedication to having to do this thing his father wanted him to be. Yeah. His fear of his father motivated him to do that. Yeah. So I think that Ultimately, his fear of his own father is exactly what robbed me of mine. Whoa. You've Damn. been processing a lot. Yeah. Hence, Fatherless, the documentary. Fatherless. And Amazon Prime. Again, congratulations on your forthcoming father. Yeah. Uh, talk about breaking the cycle, man. Yeah. When is the baby due? October. It's uh, exactly oh, a shit. year after I met my father. Can we, let's, can we uh, come back in a year from now and, no. and catch up and, <laughs> and see what's going on? But we're just going to be waiting outside. Hey, It'll yeah. be harder because I'll have a baby here instead yeah, of We're moving into the Tom Servo <laughs> robot. I'll have a baby here. That's yeah. right. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank what's you. next for you? Uh, you talked about the show. Again. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, yeah, New Negroes, we're going to be getting into that. Um, doing Grace and Frankie right now. Um, Hopefully a second season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Um, corporate, look out for that. This is oh, is this uh, Jake, Jake Weissman and Matt Ingerbretson's okay. yeah. show, yeah. um, Comedy Central, which I think is fucking brilliant. Can't wait for that. I have a part in that. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you guys ever watch The Wire? Uh, yeah. There's an actor named Lance Reddick. Okay. He played Lieutenant Daniels. Oh, yeah. Okay, I he remember Lieutenant Daniels. He is on corporate, okay. and he's the funniest motherfucker. Black he's, dude, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, big muscular yeah, black big guy, dude yeah. from actually from Baltimore. Yeah. He's on the Amazon show Bosch now. Yeah. But he is, uh, Jake told me, he's like, J- that was his number one pick for this role, the, mm-hmm. the, the CEO of this corporation. And he said that he was watching something with him in it and he's like, I don't know, that guy's got to be funny. There's something about him that makes me think. <laughs> Timing. He's funny and he just nails this yeah. role and he's like, oh, my God, because Jake is like, we get to Alec Baldwin, this guy. Yeah. Everyone's going to find out. Everyone's going to find out he's right. actually really funny. Yeah. And maybe he'll do more comedy. So it's like, it's a really, and there's really good actors. And yeah. like, Philip Baker Hall does a turn oh, in it. Oh, wow. Fred Willard. Um, there's a lot of really Jeez. good guest stars. Yeah. Awesome. Are you regular? You're like one of the I'm office like a, guys? I'm like a recurring guy. Okay, you're a yeah. office That's guy. That's awesome. But they, the name of the role is Baron. They wrote it for me. Ah. Hey. Nice. That's fun. So watch out for that. Comedy Central, probably January. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Baron. Thanks so much for doing this. And Paco? Yes, sir. Thank you. And make sure you guys watch Fatherless on Amazon Prime. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of SupDoc, show notes, updates, and more at SupDocPodcast.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SupDocPodcast. If you have comments, corrections, or want to suggest a documentary, email us at SupDocPodcast at gmail.com. The show is listener-supported. You can donate to the show at Patreon.com slash SupDocPodcast. If you can't donate financially, please subscribe, comment, or tell a friend about SupDoc. We'd like to thank Documentary News for their ongoing support. SupDoc is produced by Will Scoville. Our theme music is by David Siegel. 